Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. It's Elliot Danker and Timothy Go with you now for Culture Club. And it's a bit of a reflective conversation I think we'll have as we talk about finding success in one's career and how tough that journey is on its own already. Well, our next guest, uh, while he was on his quest to find that success in his career, he was hit by a diagnosis of stage 4 colorectal cancer. I know. I, know. I, I mean, the fact that he did not let that uh, define him, you know, it really shaped how he views time and space and how he spends resources. And really, we're going to talk about his passion today. That's right. Um, well, his passion is about film education yeah. for the next generation of practitioners in Singapore. It also did not diminish, and he made himself available, in fact, to teach, to lecture, to mentor uh, these young up-and-coming filmmakers. Yeah, we'll talk about his beliefs, you know, the beliefs, you know, the power of film for good. You know, he loves putting Mm -hmm. teams and systems in place to create and develop content that entertains and inspires others. And we're very lucky to have him in the studio with us. Desmond Tan, film director, creative partner and founder for Atypical Films. Desmond, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. All right, uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about, but I guess to start us off, let's talk about Atypical Films. It's a production house, I understand. It is, yes. We essentially focus on creating TV commercials Mm -hmm. for ads, for brands, for advertising companies. So initially you wanted to, according to our notes here, you wanted to make art films and then you changed your direction. That's right. It's serendipitous. I kind of stumbled into it. This was back, all the way back in 2000. Once I came Mm -hmm. back from Melbourne, I did film school there and you kind of need some connections, right, to get into it. But I didn't know anybody. So I just did it the old-fashioned way, just sent out the resumes and just landed where I may. And I found myself in a company that happened to produce TV commercials. Right. And I stayed for 11 years. Wow. You know, I can relate to that because I spent almost a year sending out resumes before I got into radio. How did you manage to rough it out? What do you think was the most important factor that made you stay in this industry? Oh, that's a good question. This is a tough industry. The attrition rate is very, very high. (laughs) Especially in Singapore. Especially in Singapore. People drop out all the time. Out of every cohort of students, I think like 10% stay after five years easily because the hours are long, the demands are great, you don't get to see friends and family. The pay is not great in the Mm. beginning. Mm -hmm. It gets a little bit better later on. Um, But it's a tough, tough life. If I would put it down, it's actually really passion. And I know that's an off-use word, sometimes a little bit too much bandied around, but it's still holds true and it's a camaraderie as well and it's a joy of seeing something you create on screen finally after months of hard work so uh, Desmond we understand that you're a two-time stage four colorectal cancer survivor yes I am two times two times that's right and well (laughs) I I don't even know how to phrase this question (laughs) yeah I mean how was that Um, there was tough So I was diagnosed at age 44 in 2019 Mm -hmm. with colorectal cancer, stage 4. So a little bit of mass that they found in the intestines and another one centimeter in the liver. So that's stage 4, there's no stage 5, right? And from there, we kind of went into fight mode, right? Mm -hmm. With my wife, Mm -hmm. uh, my family, the tribe around me and my friends. So with that, you know, went through chemo and surgery. And we thought that we had beat it. 
But you know, with cancer, you really got to respect the enemy. You never know when it's lurking around. So just when I finished the entire course of chemo and surgery, and we went for the final scan, thinking that we had beaten it, thinking that I could, okay, let's go back to work. In fact, I was just going back to get briefs from clients. We scanned, and lo and behold, there was another spot in the peritoneum, which is this fat layer above. So it's a different, different area. That's right. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Still around the abdomen, that fat area just below. And the doctor said, okay, you got a surgery again. Then I said, oh, can we have liposuction after that? You know, <laughs> but different type of fat. Then Finding the positivity, sure. <laughs> exactly. You got to make jokes. Yeah, yeah. When life hits but you with this. our industry, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah you got to laugh about yeah, it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I know you mentioned your tribe. And oh, this is incredible what you've been through. Where did filmmaking rank in that desire to come back? Obviously, your your family is the one that's the main push, the main uh, motivation. Where does filmmaking rank in all of that? I think the two things that I changed perspective towards was filmmaking, the films itself, oh, mm-hmm. and the process. Okay. So, well, we make commercials. It's very hard to insert who we are and part of ourselves into the films. After all, it's about the brands and, you know, you're always selling something or saying something. So that's a little bit tough. But the one thing that I could possibly, with a changed perspective, affect some change would be the process of making said films. Okay. Remember I said that the attrition rate is very high and mm. then you have to ask yourself why. And I've also had other friends within the industry who have either passed away or left because of cancer. Yeah. And I found that it, it was at the slightly alarming rate and so I decided to use this as a platform to talk about sustainability and health within the creative industry and this is something that I'm trying very hard to just personally champion not necessarily on social media or anything like Mm -hmm. this but everyone knows that I I speak about it very openly so if anybody knows Desmond they'll know that I'm always preaching about insurance having good insurance coverage of course yeah and having a good healthy lifestyle Uh, it's your basic stuff your diet your food your sleep so having that healthy lifestyle that you mentioned but when you are in this industry that you are in it's tough it's it tough. is. It you is. don't eat regularly. Absolutely time. You right. eat all the junk that you can get your hands on when you're hungry. Yep. Isn't that challenging? It is. It's extremely challenging. And it's a whole culture. And in fact, a couple of years ago, it was a culture where you almost wore it as a badge of honor exactly. to say yes. that, oh, you know, I worked till 3 a.m. last night and I have to wake up at 5 a.m. this morning and I didn't eat the whole day. And people say it like it's something you can be proud of. It's mm-hmm. not. You know, it's not. You're hurting yeah. yourself. Like yeah. I used to work on a morning show for so many years. I'm up every day at 4. I don't sleep enough. Exactly. It's no good. Yeah. So I'm trying to at least on a one-to-one basis mm. change that culture and yes. believe it or not because some of our comrades our fallen comrades mm. and myself they know about this I think it's changing I actually think within amongst film professionals they are saying they're putting their foot down to say no we're not going to work past certain hours no we're going to have certain policies to change so that we can have some time for ourselves and have a little bit more sleep going into the next day how do you do that at your own company? How do you... I mean, when you start your own company, there's an opportunity to set the right culture for yourself, not get... Okay, let's... Fun fact, our industry comes with a lot of politics as well. <laughs> to ensure that all of that doesn't come, that baggage doesn't come, how do you do that at atypical films? I understand you guys clap when someone goes on leave. 
Absolutely. Um, we celebrate leaves. We celebrate breaks. We want to normalize you, my guys, having breaks. So I actually tell them that, yes, when we are on a project, you know, it's hardcore, it's intense. I can't do anything about that. That's just the nature of the beast. And that's fine. But right after that, whether it's a month or a month and a half after that, go on five-day leave, go on two weeks leave. It doesn't matter. Just get out. We don't want to see you in the office. Please go and do something. Mm. In fact, at some point last year, almost 90% of the office people all went for a diving trip oh, mm. nice. together, organically. Together. Okay, okay. And I clap hands and I say, hey, can I pay for a great meal for you guys? And I'll, I, I couldn't be happier. And they said, what yeah. about you? And you know, one or two staff in the office, I said, don't worry about us. If we need to hire someone to fill in, then we hire someone. Wow. Because two things, right? This current generation, they, need, they want fulfillment. Yeah. They want a certain level of work-life balance. And you know what? They're right. Yeah. I'm Gen X. Right, yeah. We used to say, hey, hard work and all that, right? Because we were trained by the boomers. Yeah. But I think they've got something yeah. there. They are right because it makes for better work, happier people as well, yeah. and less burnout. Okay. I think you need to check your phone. Some people messaging, got opening at a company. You know? <laughs> <laughs> How do you balance this challenge though? When you know, you're talking about giving your younger staff work-life balance and at the same time, you have projects to complete. And I am... I find it very difficult because I personally am the one you will, everyone will clap for because I'm always on leave. But I don't want my staff to always be on leave. Yeah, it's a constant, it's tough, it's tough. Like I'm on leave, I hired you so that I can go on leave. That's right, yeah. Economically, it's almost counterintuitive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it ends up that I'm the one who's got to fill in the gaps. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is strange. Mm-hmm. But we do kind of even it out. I mean, we do try to project the leaves a little bit better. I'm still working on that. It's work in progress. And I'm not saying that everything is foolproof. But by and large, I think it leads for healthier, happier people and Mm. staff. I tell them, look, if it takes too long to come to work because of the morning jam and you can't get a grab, just work from home. It's fine. I don't need to see you work to know that you're working. I think that's important. Mm. That level of trust in your people. I'm going to ask a really sensitive question. Did it take surviving cancer for you to have this mindset? Or do you think that Desmond Tan was always en route to become this sort of a leader? No way. I was not like that. Mm. I wasn't. It took cancer to do that. It took and, and, the breaks to it, do that. It's a sad thing to say as well. It is. It is. Yeah. 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 I mean, remember I said that culture where it celebrated yeah. hard work and grit and all that? That was me. Right, that was me telling young people, no, you've got to mm. grit your teeth and mm-hmm. work it through and yeah. this industry takes guts and it takes perseverance. Yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's I can relate. I can relate. You know, in a perfect world, it'd be great if we can just work seasonally. You know, you yeah. work six months, I work six months. You go for six months leave because really when you go on five days, it's not enough. No, <laughs> no When you come back, not. you need another holiday from your holiday. Absolutely. But I think yeah. six months here, six months there, could work. That'd be great. I think one thing that I've also learned is that Singapore doesn't have seasons, right? Mm. Yeah. And we almost, it almost feels like it's the same day in, day out. Yeah. But we know with seasons, it kind of puts you in a certain mindset. And I kind of want to think in those terms like, okay, that's summer and then, yeah. you know, you've got this summer vibe going yeah. on and it's mm-hmm. spring. Okay, let's stay, slow down a bit. Oh, it's the end of the year. Okay, let's be a little bit more reflective. Mm. And I feel that that's important to kind of keep it always fresh for us f- throughout the year. And that could go a long way for the next generation as well because at the end of the day, you could say it's about teaching them all the skills but teaching them the right attitude mm. and, and imparting the right culture. I think they've got it right. I think they've got a lot to teach us. And I think in the last couple of years, 
you know, guys like the woke salary man, you know, lots of people have been actually saying, hey, this is the right way to do it. It may seem new, but it really it isn't anything yeah. new, right? It's just that we've been stuck in a certain way of doing. And I think that's part of maturing as a society, as a mm. country. And it's a global thing. I think it's something we we should be admiring from the younger people instead of complaining yes. that they're lazy or they yes. don't want to oh, work. It's, oh, it's, absolutely. We shouldn't be shaming that. Yes, right? yeah. yes. But that is also a generational inheritance that we got. It is. Because we used to get shaped. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think in one of those, co- in in many of my conversations with younger people and older people, I'm seeing this generational gap. There is a way. I really genuinely believe there is a way to kind of bridge it. They all want the same thing. Yeah. They want to do good work. Yeah. They want to be proud of what they do. Yeah. We just have slightly different ways of going about it. Mm. And yet have enough time to and spend still have enough time. by themselves and with their loved ones. Exactly. Yeah. And you're taking all of this just to wrap things up. Taking all of these values. And you're putting it into film, the power of good film. Just to close things off, Desmond, tell us a little bit about the projects that you work on now. Right. So, like I said, for the last, what, 24 years, yeah. I've, been, I've been doing this for 24 years. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing commercials for brands and all. This year, right now, this was the goal that I had to create my own stuff. Yeah. It took me that long. It took me 20 odd years yeah. to be able to get the confidence and yeah. the time to create my own stuff. My number one viewer that I'm aiming for are actually my kids, my two boys, Jacob and Jerome, uh, and my wife, so that this is something that they can see that I'm passing on values for them. Okay. So that's my first viewer. And if obviously the, the general public enjoys it, then great. So I'm actually shooting my first short film next week, okay. penned by myself and another colleague. And this is my attempt in trying to put in my values, what I think is important, whether it's hard work, whether it's rest whether it's passion and forgiveness. So these are the things that are important to me. And I'm going to start writing all these films to be able to insert these things in. All right, we've been speaking with Desmond Tan, film director, creative partner and founder of Atypical Films. Desmond, we appreciate you today. Take care. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.